now, time for seafood news. Welcome to the Seafood News Podcast. This episode of the Seafood News Podcast is brought to you by the fourth annual Association of Genuine Alaska Pollock Producers Wild Alaska Pollock Meeting, taking place at the Westin Seattle in Seattle, Washington on October 17th, 2022. The Association of Genuine Alaska Pollock Producers, also known as GAP, is working to promote wild Alaska pollock in major whitefish markets around the world with a focus on Europe, North America, and Japan. Their goal is to educate both seafood buyers and consumers about the superior benefits of wild Alaska pollock. The theme of this year's Wild Alaska Pollock meeting is strategically building awareness and demand for the perfect protein, and will bring together representatives from all segments of the Wild Alaska Pollock industry, marketing experts, and visionary speakers designed to challenge the status quo and inspire collaboration for tackling future industry challenges. Topics will include economic updates, consumer research and trends, the results from the new Gap Always On Wild Alaska Pollock Awareness and Demand campaign, and much more. To register for the meeting, please visit alaskapollock.org. Don't miss out. I'm Seafood News Managing Editor Amanda Buckle. And I'm Seafood News Staff Writer Ryan Doyle. As part of National Seafood Month, we're running interviews with some of the folks that are paving the way with exciting new products. That's right. Last week, we welcomed Nola Martin, Vice President of Marketing at Ocean Brands, and Kelly Burling of Matisse and Culinary Collective to the Seafood News Podcast to talk about Ocean Brands' recent launch of Ocean's line of wild-caught tinned seafood in the U.S. This week, we're exploring the alternative side of seafood and are happy to welcome to the podcast Monica Talbert, the co-founder and CEO of Mind Blown by the plant-based seafood company, and Bree Warner, the founder of Atlantic Sea Farms. The two women-owned companies recently joined forces for the ultimate plant-based seafood collaboration. Beginning this month, select Mind Blown products will feature kelp from Atlantic Sea Farms, which is the first to market regenerative kelp aquaculture company. Atlantic Sea Farms' kelp will be added to the Mind Blown Dusted Shrimp and Mind Blown Dusted Scallops, which will add an extra umami boost. And beginning in 2023, Mind Blown Crab Cakes will also be featuring kelp from Atlantic Sea Farms. We talked to Monica and Brie about uh, more about the collaboration and the growth of the plant-based seafood market. Let's take a listen. Hi, Monica. Hi, Brie. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. I have to say I'm very excited about the collaboration between Mind Blown um, by the Plant-Based Seafood Company and Atlantic Sea Farms. And I've been following both your companies. And when I saw that Atlantic Sea Farms kelp was being added to some Mind Blown products, I just knew we had to get the two of you on. So how did this wonderful collaboration form? Well, I'll go first. Um, so this is Monica Mindblown plant-based seafood. Um, we, and actually we come from the seafood industry. It's actually how we got into plant-based seafood. We were creating a better for you seafood line. And one thing led to another, it's a long story, but I'll make it short. One thing led to another and we innovated with a, a plant-based crab cake. And we thought, well, you know, how much more better for you or sustainable could you get really if you just leave the crab in the water? Um, but we had been playing and using, you know, kelp and the recipes, even in the seafood, uh, you know, in our in our seafood history. So kelp is nothing new to us. Um, kelp in itself is a magical, as I'm sure Brie will tell you all about, um, a magical ingredient. You know, it's so nutrient dense. It you know, uh, carbon neutral. It's, you know, um, it captures carbon. It, uh, I, and I just learned this the other day, this is pretty epic, I think. So kelp, um, so all the plants 
on land evolved from kelp or algae over a million years ago. Like that's mind blowing. <laughs> that is, I didn't know that. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. It's like nature's yeah oldest superfood. It's it's incredible. Um, but for functionally for what we're using it for, it adds that umami flavor and and taste. And that's our number one goal, right? We're trying to replicate a seafood experience. And so kelp is a no brainer in that aspect. Um, and then Atlantic Sea Farms kelp, it just is the cherry on top. Everything from the quality of the kelp um, to, you know, Atlantic Sea Farms being women led, which, you know, I'm a big proponent of in the seafood industry growing up in the seafood industry. Um, you know, our family owned company was, was all woman owned and, and led as well. So we were so excited to not only partner with Atlantic Sea Farms for that, but also the story bringing in the lobster watermen, you know, the watermen, um, we're, you know, we're still very close to the watermen at the, in the Chesapeake Bay. That's where we're, we're headquartered. Um, so, you know, that pulls on heartstrings for us and we wanted to be a part of that and supporting what they're doing. Um, and I know there's so many reasons to support the lobster watermen or watermen in general. Um, but also, and I know you guys are in the seafood industry, so I'll bring this up. So they're not just being threatened by climate change, but even regulation. So what just happened with Monterey Bay's, um, you know, classification uh, to the lobster watermen? I mean, that's a threat right there. So all of this ties into this most beautiful marriage of, you know, our mission and what we're trying to do in Atlantic Sea Farm. So for us, it was a no brainer to try and collaborate and bring their product into ours because it made sense functionally in flavor, but also from a story standpoint um, and, and wanting to support the amazing things that they're doing. Yeah. And, and I know as a many, uh, you know, it is definitely an industry where there are a lot more females than in some of the other protein industries from what I've seen in, in my scope. But uh, did you two know each other beforehand or is this kind of just like also like a magical meeting and tell yeah, me? Yeah, you know, I think um, the idea that we hear often about having women um, in CEO positions and C-suite position and engenders more women to be in CEO positions. But it's true also that we find each other, especially in a place like the seafood industry, which is less than, I believe, 3% globally of C-suite positions are held by women in the seafood industry. That is horrifying, especially when 60% of the lowest paid workers in seafood are women. Um, and I think I think it's of the top 100 seafood companies, one is uh, a woman that runs it as the CEO. Yeah. Um, and so I think we found each other really through like people meeting us both and being like, you would really like this other person. And I'm like, you're introducing me to the only other woman in seafood that's out there. And then it's like, actually, we know we actually do really like each other and we do have such mission alignment. And I think what has been, you know, to all the points that Monica said, but additionally, there's so much talk, particularly in the plant-based discussion right now about being like that meat or seafood are bad. And Monica, as she mentioned, is coming from a fishing background and is, uh, is expanding options with using seafood. Seaweed is a seafood. It is a plant-based seafood. It like, it's not like she is she's not using a seafood in her seafood product. There is seafood in it. And I think what is so exciting to me about what she's doing is she's coming to the stage with 
empathy and and under in culinary expertise and excitement about what they're building and what people on the water are building and offering alternative options all around while not limiting what else is on the table and i think that expansive view on seafood and on food in general we need a whole lot more of and the fact that monica's product is made with whole foods not a bunch of junk which is what most of the plant-based seafood is is made of um is is pretty exciting to us as well so we were we, we were introduced to her not even as a collaboration but just starting to get to know each other and then after we talked for about four minutes we're like how can we work together <laughs> um and it it um, it just so happened she was in uh, some of the reformulating of her product and kelp also happens to add just an amazing umami ocean flavor um, to the product that she's making. So it, it hit all the boxes for both of us. Wow, that's great. Yeah, that's really insightful. I'm happy you kind of started talking about Monica's product because that's what I was going to ask about. Um, recently, we've covered uh, you know a lot of surveys, a lot of information, and we recently came across a study that found 40% of shoppers are buying plant-based meat or dairy products. They're, they are trying and putting it in their carts and dollar sales seem to be increasing. And last year, U.S. consumers spent 7.4 billion on plant-based foods, which wow. is a 6% increase year over year. Yeah, that was re um, really eye-opening for me. But but Monica, I'll ask you, where do you think plant-based seafood products um, fit into this? And, and who are you targeting as your customers? So we're definitely targeting flexitarians. Um, you know, people, but also vegans too, of course, there are our base like customer, there are raving fans, but there's no doubt our number one customer is the flexitarian for, for whatever reason that they are looking to add more plants into their diet or the opposite of that, just looking to decrease the amount of meat that they're eating, or they have a shellfish allergy. Oh my gosh, there's so many people out there. That's a mind blowing fact too. I should have that at the ready of how many Americans, you know, suffer from shellfish allergies. I can't tell you how many people, even, you know, we're headquartered on a little island in the Chesapeake Bay and we have, you know, neighbors that have stopped by um, constantly. They're like, I haven't been able to try shrimp, you know, eat shrimp. I used to love it so much. I haven't had it in 10 years. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Um, so really for, for whatever reason, we wanna offer that delicious one-for-one -one seafood experience. Um, and, you know, going back to the seafood industry, we just wanna be looked at as a part of the solution. You know, we've got, we've got 10 billion people coming into the planet, you know, uh, not coming to the planet, but right, we're expanding to 10 billion by 2050. You've got seafood, you know, consumption and demand on the rise. I think it's raising 30%. By, by 2030, you know, there's a supply and demand issue here. And if we can just offer that one-for-one -one seafood experience that relieves pressure off of these fish stocks, um, then, you know, then we're doing our job. And, and that's, that's really our mission and what we're passionate about. We're not telling people to stop eating seafood or fish. We would never do that. Um, but, you know, consumers more and more, they're looking towards planet-friendly options, um, wanting to be a part of the solution, not always, you know, towards or just wanting to, to relieve pressure off of our, our food uh, systems, whether that's meat or, you know, chicken or or fish and seafood. Yeah. Now, um, obviously, both plant based seafood company and Atlantic Sea Farms products, they're both in retail um, and you're finding success there. But what about in the food service side of things? I know, Bri, I read that uh, initially you were focusing more on the uh, food service side and then kind of COVID hit and shifted that a little bit. To say the least, yeah. Um, there is this um, beautiful photo um, describing the impact of COVID with and of time of an empty Times Square 
And in that photo was a billboard of David Chang holding up our kelp saying, eat kelp, eat seaweed at Sweetgreen. Um, and we had just launched it two weeks prior. Oh man. Uh, and so it was, um, it was a hit on us and we had to recalibrate and move into retail pretty quickly. And we've, we've, I'm really proud of the retail products that we have on the shelf and more coming. We just launched a sea veggie burger last Thursday that just won best new plant-based, best new product promoting a plant-based lifestyle. Um, and it's a delicious product and it's going to be on sprout shelves in the middle of October in two weeks. But um, we have now gotten to the scale in kelp farming with 27 partner farmers, all of whom are people who work on the water, most of whom are lobster fishermen, um, at a million pounds this year that we're able to provide high volume ingredient sales as well. And this is where our collaboration with Monica comes in, as well as several other companies that are starting to use domestic kelp as an ingredient source that they can trace, that they know the story of. We can tell you what farm it was planted on, what date, what farm it was taken off of, what time, what line, uh, and we collect the seeds so we can tell you where the seed's coming from. So that traceability in the nutraceutical, cosmetic, and at, you know ingredient space is something that's really unparalleled anywhere else, as well as the umami and the very healthy, nutrient-dense food that it is. So you know, we're, we're, we're partnering with several seafood companies, um, including like North Foot Co seafood, who's using our kelp in a salmon burger to reduce the price and have a little bit more of an interesting crunch to the product. Um, you know, kind of seafood companies all around really looking at kelp as something that they want to bring into their business. That's awesome. I know, um, and especially with the traceability aspect of it too. I mean, so you're hitting on two things right now that are so trendy. It's like everybody wants to eat healthy. Everyone's talking about what they can do to help the environment. So like, bam, right there. And then the whole traceability aspect. I mean, that's, that's, you're giving people what they want. I love it. <laughs> especially in the seafood industry. Yeah. 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 Traceability. We're always like, people are always like, you know, it would be cool if you could like track it back with like the name of the fisherman. I'm like, we know exactly where it grew. Like I know where I got the seeds and it's really, I think in seafood things are so untraceable and there's been so much fraud in the industry writ large um, that people are skeptical of where their stuff is coming from. And this is a nice option for that. Yeah. And I, actually your, your website is, both your websites are so informative, um, but uh, the Atlantic Sea Farm site, number one, the photo, uh, I should have known, I guess that most, most kelp is probably imported just because of most seafood uh, majority is imported, but the photo of an imp of imported kelp compared to what your product is, is like amazing. Cause that, that no, no offense, but like that's slimy, it looks slimy. And like, that's immediately what I think of when I think of like seaweed and kelp and then like that, your product is just like, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It really, people are like, why isn't it the same green? I'm like, well, you know, the stuff that's in Mountain Dew, uh, that's the stuff that's on your seaweed salad. Uh, that's what that color. Have you ever seen anything this color in the ocean? Um, and it's, you know, people think of seaweed as healthy, but it's the stuff that's going on the seaweed products that we eat that are particularly insidious. I will also say just from using it, uh, the dry powder is what we use. Um, Atlantic sea farms is definitely more potent. You can just tell it like packs, packs a much, you know, just stronger umami punch than anything that we've used in the past. that has been imported. That's crazy. 
And, and Bri, I just want to get back to you real quick. You kind of touched on um, your partnership with some Maine lobstermen. Um, I, I find um, what you do in general so interesting, but I like how it's, you know, helping the, the, the local industry as well. And can you chat a little bit more about how, you know, the feedback you've heard from some, some lobstermen in that area and, and how that's worked for you guys the last uh, couple yeah, of years? I mean, I'm dogged about, like, I, I feel like I'm almost like aggressively, um, advocate and an almost an aggressive advocate for fishermen to own the aquaculture sector. I feel like so often people are like, we need to go to the aquaculture sector. Let's get a scientist. It's like, come on. There are tens of thousands of people with the skill set to do this way better than anyone out of college is going to do. Like, let's look at the, the huge potential that we have on the water. It's enormous. Like the the social potential, the knowledge, the social capital that fishermen have in Maine, but everywhere where there's still thriving fishing communities is like, there's no one that's going to be able to do it better. And I feel like it's always, I always feel like, you know, it's like seeing the best kid on the baseball team get picked, picked last for the team. And you're like, what, what's going on here? And, and I, I just make so much more sense to me to work with the people that number one, have the knowledge, number two of the social capital, but number three need diversification opportunities. Climate change is real. Um, and right now we're seeing the Gulf of Maine warm faster than 97% of oceans in the world. And 10 of the best years in lobster have been in the last 20. And that's great. And we're so pleased that our communities are still thriving coastal working waterfront communities. It's an owner operator fishery. Um, but that lobster population is becoming increasingly volatile, not only because of the regulations, but also because there's that we don't know about the the um, viability of the lobster larvae in the future as the water gets warmer. So let's figure out a way to diversify. And I think I was just talking with an organization just before this on like, how do you get fishermen to the table on aquaculture? And I'm like, well, you don't get them to the table. You get them on the boat. Like it's be, people have to see themselves in the industry. If you're inviting them to be a bystander to the party, then why are you even inviting them? Yeah. Invite them to be in the party, invite them to be the leaders. Like this is an industry for fishermen, not for fishermen to be okay with, but for to be involved in, to do, to lead. And I think that's the example we're setting here in Maine and, and something that it makes a lot of sense to me, um, but seems to still be behind a lot of people that are like, how do we get fishermen involved? Like to be okay with aquaculture. I'm like, invite them. Uh, it's, it's really that simple. Right? Yes. Yeah. People, people are the same, no matter who they are, fishermen, anyone like they, people, if they can't see themselves in it, they're not going to be involved. Maybe that's what I need to do. I need to get some fishermen involved in our plant based. <laughs> well, that's the perfect leadway into what I was going to ask you, Monica, because that's, that's something that's brought up um, in the past few years regarding plant based seafood alternatives. Is that you know, everyone's like, well, you know, we're we, you know, we're okay with competition, but then it, it kind of goes into an attack on like labeling. And I'm actually I'm a vegetarian turned pescatarian, so I'm often buying plant based products, you know, in addition to my seafood um, and I read things carefully and I've heard stories. I, I've never been a victim. But I've heard stories about people who have been misled and looked at packaging and didn't realize they bought fake tuna instead of real tuna. Um, but Monica, your products, the mind blown products is there's no confusion. I mean, besides plant based seafood company underneath. Um, you have plant-based in bold letters above the product name. And I was wondering, like, is it because you're from this seafood background? And like, I mean, one of your things is, is like seafood fraud and, and trying to help the environment. Like, 
what I just felt like there had to have been more to the packaging, like, you know, based on your background, like, I feel like you had to have thought about it more, you know? Of course. I mean, nobody sets out to want to like confuse customers, right? It doesn't behoove us to, for someone thinking that we're seafood and to take it home and be like, what is this? You know, that's, that would be, you know, going against what we're trying to accomplish. I think I'm just going to speak frankly here. I think the whole labeling issue is a bunch of BS. I don't think we're confusing anybody um, and especially not mind blown packaging. That's why it's, we have plant-based at the top plant-based, like you said, like right above um, the, the product description and then in, or the product um, title. And then in the description, it says, you know, crab cake alternative. <laughs> so using that. And if the seafood industry, they might make us, you know, put imitation on there. And I think that's fine because we're not out. And I don't think any other plant-based uh, company is out to try and deceive customers. I mean, that just would be so silly because it's the complete opposite of what we're trying to do. We want consumers to know that this is an alternative yeah. option. Um, and so I, I, I think, and I've been active on LinkedIn and, and on my commenting on Interfish and, and other, um, you know, people that have put these uh, controversial uh, arguments out there. I think it's BS. Yeah. I think it's honest BS. Yeah, we're not we're not confusing anyone. They see us as a threat, and unfortunately, and I try. I talk to so many people in the seafood industry. Where they should look at plant based seafood as an opportunity and not a threat. If people are going to come in and they're going to recreate seafood experiences for consumers that are wanting them, you should be a part of that. Don't let you know another you know company or, or industry come in and take that from you. Own that seafood experience. Um, and and so that's what I try, and that's like my shtick when I talk to people who are against. It. And you know, I'm that's the hill I'll die on. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, I mean, there's plenty of room for everybody, but also, I mean, your product now, especially partnering with Atlantic Sea Farms, is like, are you plant based? Are you seafood? I mean, now you, now you got now you got some kelp in there. But I mean, that was another big issue a couple of years ago before COVID. Um, there was a whole big thing about some seafood companies trying to get into like the Boston Seafood Show, and they had they had like kelp in their products. Were you one of them? Were you trying? Then, <laughs> we we picketed it outside of the Boston Seafood Show <laughs> in, a, in a shrimp costume. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. I I wonder if uh, was it this past year? Uh huh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Stop the hate. Let us participate in a <laughs> I, I think like what, you know, to Monica's point, what I find so interesting is the people who are most interested in the seafood industry in what we're doing are the people who are looking at an uncertain future and looking at it with hope and proactiveness rather than fear of what could undercut them. We're not going to be the ones that undercut the seafood industry. It's going to be themselves. And I think you go to the seafood show and I did a panel this year at the seafood show on on equity and inclusion, I was like 3% of the people down there are women and they're mostly assistants. Mm -hmm. What the hell is wrong with this place? Yeah. There was no diversity. There was mostly women and it was mostly people with fish on ice. Wow. If there's, if, if, if there's, if they're going to spend that much energy fighting plant-based seafood company or plant-based seafood or, you know, anti-aquaculture, anti-kelp, like it's out of fear. And let's all act from a point of optimism and hope. And I think that's what has been really inspiring about the work that we're doing here is that it gives people hope. It's not, you know, it's not divisive. It's not like lobster or kelp. It's both. It's not, um, you know, it's, 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 simply new ways to make a living and new ways to bring people to the seafood case. 
And that to me is, is exciting. So I feel like if the whole seafood industry looked at it as a point of hope, like you see now all the dairy folks missed the boat on getting into plant-based dairy, they could have done it, but they missed it because they were too busy stamping their feet and saying that they shouldn't be allowed to be called milk. And here we are and their market share has gone down substantially. How much better would that have been if people took the bull by the horns and said, great, let's get in on this. And I think rather like people don't seem to be seeing the lesson that's already played out. I think people are starting to get there. And um, yeah. I think collaborations like the one between uh, Mind Blown and Atlantic Sea Farms, I, I think we're I think we're moving in the right direction. So um, can you uh, before we, we go, can you guys tell our listeners where they can find um, your your collab and uh, also um, where they can find um, your new burgers as well? You go ahead, Monica. Sure. OK, so mid-October. So really just here in a few weeks, um, <clears throat> we'll be incorporating the kelp into all of our uh, dusted shrimp and scallops on Sprouts shelves and also what is sold online that you can find up off our website, links on our website. And then starting in Q1 of next year, we'll be incorporating their kelp into our crab cakes as well. So again, you can find those on, on the Sprouts retail shelves and we're launching big time into food service. So um, in, in lots of different, we're starting in universities, but also you can start to follow us on uh, new restaurant launches and things like that. So all incorporating Atlantic Sea Farms, amazing mind-blowing kelp. So exciting. And I'm going to say, if you see it online, hop on it because I can't tell you how many times I've gone on the website and it's been sold out. So if you see it available... <laughs> Scoop it up. Great. And our burgers are also launching at Sprouts. So all you Sprouts customers out there can get a two for one on 1024, but they'll be launching in several other hot uh, hotels, uh, retailers soon. The burgers were just launched on Thursday. So um, there'll be in a lot of natural and organic grocers, but additionally our fermented seaweed salad and our kelp cubes, which are we have a cranberry kelp cube, a blueberry kelp cube for smoothies, as well as a ready cut kelp which is a shredded blanched kelp, and then our fermented seaweed salads are available across the country in Whole Foods, Fresh Time, uh, Wegmans, Sprouts, and a number of other natural and organic grocers. So check it out. We have a page that's a where to buy page as well. Awesome. Thank you, ladies, so much for joining us on the Seafood News Podcast. Hopefully we'll have you back soon. Thank you, guys. Bye.